You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hi, how are y'all doing? Um, I'm Noah, as he said, and that was very kind words. So I'll give some shout outs to uh, the faithful class. So yeah, and uh, I'm on the Asbury golf team as well. So Shout out Asbury Golf, and a proud member of Fisher B. I think one of my roommates. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> and one more shout out to Colin Renaski and Abigail Perkins. They, yeah. So as I start this, I, I want you all to have two things in your mind as we, we start this. Uh, the first is that if you hear anything today, know that God is the root of all strength through when we have a lot and through when we have little. The second, I encourage you to think of times where God was just present in your life. You know, through times when you didn't have much or times when you had a lot. So let's jump into chaos. You know, I think one of the most chaotic parts of life is being a child. So on the East Coast, one thing to do in my small town, Willards, I lived in for a little bit, was every single little boy played Little League. So quickly jumped on the team, and I was one of the smallest ones there. And I remember, you know, one game, I twisted my ankle. So the next game, I'm sitting in the, on the bench in the dugout the entire game, and there's nothing but chaos with kids coming in and out. And the whole time, you know, I'm sitting on the bench, but next to me on the bench is, I don't know if, I think you know, but, you know, these giant boxes of goldfish. So I'm sitting next to this giant box of goldfish, you know, an inning passes by, and then, you know, the goldfish starts smiling back. I start looking at it. And, you know, I open it, and I keep eating, and I'm like, okay, every time someone switches out, no one really notices, so I keep eating, and then, you know, by the ninth inning, by the time it's over, this box is pretty, pretty light. It's feeling like it's almost gone. So <laughs> in this box, uh, you know, the coach comes in. I think we won the game. Maybe we lost. Either way, it doesn't matter. There's snack at the end. So I was like, okay, what's the snack? Turns out I had ate it the entire time. Um, so the chaos of all these little leaguers, all these little baseball players run in. They say, all right, it's time for snack. And then they look around saying, wait, is this all we have? Where is it? And they, you know, are asking, you know, did you eat this? And they look over to my pile of crumbs, and I'm gone. I left. I already had my snack. So I left in the midst of all that chaos. And, yeah, so chaos can be that. It can be a lot of things. You know, chaos is really just a complete disorder, confusion. There's a big blur all around, and no one really knows what's happening. Kind of reminds us of this past year. So, yeah, chaos can be this. It can be other things as well. It can be, you know, again, when you're a kid, you're in the store, but, you know, you're caught looking at cereal or something too long, and you look and your parents are gone. Turns out they're just in the next aisle. But there's that time of confusion, that blur, that chaos where... You're just looking for them. It can also be something that I hope all you people looking to go to college don't do, but we definitely haven't done here, is study the night before a test, the chaos, the confusion, papers everywhere, or even, you know, anxiety flooding your head because, you know, maybe you're picking a school in the midst of COVID. You know, maybe you're trying to graduate in the midst of COVID. You have family matter going on. You have a relationship that needs to be rekindled because it's broken. All this can be chaos. All of this fits into that category. So this is 
all chaos, though it's different, it can still cause everything to seem blurry, seem jumbled together. So there's a passage of Scripture, one of my favorite passages, about someone who was living in the midst of chaos. They were sitting in prison writing letters to churches, but they found some sort of contentment. They found a source of strength. They found what they call a secret to it. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, you can open up to Philippians 4. I'm looking at verses 10 through 14. So I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at least you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was, it was kind of you to share my distress. So this is Paul, and he's writing to the church of Philippi, and he's really cool with the church of Philippi, and, you know, they're checking up on him when he says, you have revived your concern. They're checking up on him financially. You know, are you okay? He's sitting in prison, you know, making sure everything's okay, but it's a hard time. He's sitting, the only, he has light up above, but it's just a hole in the ceiling that's actually too the street. People are walking by, throwing things, spitting down down there, saying any word that they can to get a rise out of Paul. So he's living in utter chaos. But, you know, through that, as he has learned that they have concern for him in his situation, he says that he has learned the secret. And the secret necessarily, if we look back in Philippians, I believe it's in chapter one, it's that, you know, to paraphrase, it's that God is the root of all strength. Through when there is much, when there is an abundance, and when there is not much, when there is little. So in the consuming chaos that this world is, our God is consistent with providing strength. Whether we have a lot, or whether we have nothing, or whether we're confused and it's blurry and there's just everything going on. So there was a time in my life that was consumed with chaos. There was a few years that were very crazy. So... I just talked about when I was eight in Little League, so let's jump a little bit farther ahead when I'm 12. So four years later, um, to give you more context of what my life looked like back then is uh, I grew up in a divorced household, so I went to my mom's house a few days and went to my dad's house a few other days. So I was never really in the same house for more than four to five days. Jumping back and forth, you know, my dad lived in that small town Willards I played Little League in. Uh, but my mom lived in a different place. It was a harder household. You know, we had a stepdad at the time. And then she, during this time, she was going through her second divorce, which was good because, you know, he was kind of a hothead sometimes. And through that, life was just hard. And, you know, I thought things were going to get better. You know, she was going through a second divorce. I was like, this might get better. But then a few weeks later, um, she just left. She got up and met someone on a Facebook game such as Clash of Clans or something. And a week later, she said, well, I'm going to marry them, and then left. So in that chaos, I didn't know what was going on. It was very blurry. You know, what do I do now? I've been jumping from house to house my whole life. What, where do I go now? Do I just sit in one place? Do I go with her? No, I didn't necessarily have a choice to go. I'm glad I stayed, too. 
So I moved in with my dad and my stepmom, you know, my lovely stepmom and my great dad, the dad who was always ready to be an assistant coach uh, in high school when I picked up lacrosse. He went on YouTube and watched hours of videos just to understand what the sport was. And through all that, I was now living in a consistent household. And maybe the chaos was to die down, but it didn't really. I was an angry kid. I mean, my mom just left. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. So in that, there was more chaos. I was confused. There was nothing but a blur. But through that, we can recognize that God was there. During that time, God provided me with some sort of strength through mentors. Uh, first off, he gave me my dad, the one who was willing to do anything uh, you know, for his son. There was a blizzard once. He drove to my mom's house and picked us up and still said, well, it's your turn to come to my house. So a dad who was willing to do anything for me and a stepmom who was willing to step into what a motherly role looked like. Uh, during that time, she took me out of school, homeschooled me for two years just to help mentor me, get me back on my feet, and say, look, I know everything is in chaos right now, but I'm here for you, your family's here for you, and more importantly, God is here to give you strength through this. And then the last mentor was a guy named Dave. He was a youth pastor at the time. He just came into my church when all this was happening. And he mentored me, showed me what it's like to be a Christian, and showed me where I can get my strength come, to come from. So God gave me all of that. And yeah, I was living in complete disorder. I was living in confusion. But all of this, we can notice that God was present there through the people and through providing consistency. Yes, my mom left, and that, that, that hurt. It's still something I'm still trying to deal with today. But he gave me outlets to deal with emotion. He gave me sports that, you know, my dad and stepmother were willing to support. Other family members were there. And he gave me mentors. Yes, adjusting to this life was hard. But God blessed me with a loving family that, was, that I was now living with for more than three days at a time. Yes, I was angry and nothing made sense. But God showed me how this story can be glorified for his good work and even be shared today. So as chaos comes, let's look to Paul's secret of contentment, especially in our time now of pure chaos of this past year. So let's look back at the question that I originally asked you guys. And I said, let's start off with this. Where have you seen God in times where you have had a lot? Where have you seen God? Where you have times of little? Let's think of the posture that Paul took while sitting in prison, looking up at that hole in the ceiling. So let's take his posture during these times, and let's, let's follow. As these times of chaos come our way, I invite you to follow Paul's posture and know that God is the root of our strength through when there is much and when there is little. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here today, some students who are checking out Asbury for the first time, sitting in Hughes, and I pray that, you know, maybe one was touched by this message. I pray that as we continue to go into this world of chaos, that we know that you're the root of all strength, whether we have as much as we need or even more, or when we have just enough or maybe a little. And I pray as Annie steps on stage, you give her the words 
and help her speak them to your people. Amen. said, um, my name is Annie Sisk, and I'm a part of the wonderful appointed class. Uh, shout out to my sweet family who's sitting in the back, and shout out to all of my precious Glide Crawford SLAs. I love you guys. <laughs> so I want to start off by reading a passage from 2 Corinthians. So if you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10. Paul writes, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible affairs things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt weak? I'm sure all of us have at one point or another. I felt weak for most of my life, and yet God has shown up every single time since day one. When I was born, I had numerous problems with my body, the doctor told my parents that I probably had Down syndrome and that I would be blind by the time I was 12, among other things. They thought that I would live a very different life from the one that I'm living now, and there were so many things that my parents were told that I would not be able to do. My grandfather was a pastor at a large local church at the time, and immediately the entire congregation began praying for a miracle. A few weeks later, the doctors came back with unexplainable results from the genetic tests and the eye exams. The results were negative and there were no signs of macular degeneration. I believe that the Lord completely healed me and it was a huge testament to the power of God and the power of prayer. Amidst all the healing work that the Lord did when I was born, however, I still had many developmental problems. I was slower at doing most of the basic skills that children learn as they grow older. And despite having the most loving family and friends I could ever imagine, I still felt weak. And it was magnified every day at school when I would watch myself being the last person taking the test 
or the one running way too far behind everyone else during gym class. As a result, I overcompensated by trying to prove myself in every area of my life, especially in my grades, my friendships, and extracurricular activities. I thought that showing any weakness was a bad thing, and if I did, no one would ever take me seriously. And most of my life, I've tried to cover up all my weaknesses. That is until this semester. Our theme for Student Chapel is trusting God in the midst of the chaos. And I think we've all felt a little bit of the chaos trying to be in school in the middle of a pandemic. On top of all this, it's been one of the most chaotic semesters in my role as an SLC and as a friend. Coming into this semester, I had a lot of expectations, both for myself and for how God was going to move in my friendships and my job. God has taught me so much these past four years, and I thought that I could finally prove that I wasn't weak anymore. However, time and time again, I found that my own strength is what makes me weak and exhausted. And none of us like to feel weak. None of us like to feel that we're not enough and that our own abilities are not enough to sustain us. And yet, that's where I found myself. I felt too weak to carry the stories and struggles of the people around me, but I tried to anyways. I felt too weak to carry emotions of jealousy and hurt, but I tried to hide it anyways. And in the process, my pride hurt someone I care deeply about. I felt too weak to keep showing up to my schoolwork, but I kept pushing on. But God. I have seen God literally and figuratively pick me up and set me on higher ground. And despite my pride, he kept showing me the grace of a God who holds stories, restores friendships, and allows a big paper and a very kind professor to be turned in late. You see, the truth is, is that we'll never be good enough without God. All God wants from us is our yes. That's it. I used to think that God wanted both my yes, plus my abilities, and my strength, but he doesn't. And when we have the courage to come to God without anything but our yes and our open hands, he shows up and he shows off. Psalm 51, 17 says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. And I want you all to think about this for a second. Doesn't it seem so contradictory to bring a sacrifice of weakness than strength? I mean, after all, he is the God of the universe. It would seem pretty logical that we would try and conjure up the best sacrifice that we can. But by giving up our broken and weak hearts, we give space for Jesus to come and show his strength and his power and his glory. And when we let the people around us in on the things that we are struggling with, we might find some of the best people that point us straight back to Jesus. So let me ask you again. Have you ever felt weak? Is there an area in your life right now where you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you need the power of God to come in and pick you up and put you on your feet again? Maybe you're feeling it with grades. 
Maybe you're feeling it in your relationships. Or maybe you're just feeling some unexplainable spiritual attack. But when we're on our knees, weak, broken, and falling apart, all we need to know is one truth. And that is a truth found in a childhood song that most of you know. And I want to just read out these lyrics for you. And I know you've probably heard these words every single day since you were a kid. But I just invite you to close your eyes and just listen to these words as I read them out. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Do you believe that Jesus loves you enough to have a plan, not just for your future, but for your right now? There's a song I love called Tremble. I'm sure some of you have heard it, but it talks about how the power of God can make the darkness literally tremble. Friends, the victory's already been won. He's just waiting for you to empty yourself into his arms. So I just want to encourage you to surrender to the God who has the power to change everything. He will make you strong when you are weak. He will lift you up out of the pit. He can make the darkness tremble. And he loves you enough to pick you up even when you're trying to do it on your own, like I did. Friends, he is here. He is faithful. He is stronger than anything that life can throw at you. And he loves you with a love that you cannot even fathom. And he restores and he heals. He forgives and he's waiting for you with open arms. And he will bring you through this. So let me just read that last part of that passage in 2 Corinthians over again. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Friends, when you are weak, he is strong. Please pray with me. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. And I pray that over every person in this room, God, that they would understand and know with a deep heart knowledge just who you are 
and the power that you have to just come in and make our darkness tremble and to take that darkness and cast it out and shine it with your everlasting light that will last forever, God. I pray a peace over this room uh, and for every person sitting in this room, God, would you just instill not a confidence in themselves, but a confidence in you. And God, we praise you for who you are and what you've done. And we thank you for coming in our weakness and showing up and showing off in your power. And God, I ask if there's anyone in this room that just needs to know that you're here and that you're listening, God, would you come in and would you speak over their hearts and would you move? And God, I pray for each and every one of us as we go throughout our day and go throughout our weekend. And God, would you just carry us through? And we love you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.